book. Pretty good. Now, it was 2015 when you first started, Pete? Yeah, essentially. Like, as a, as a, like a sole trader, me just, you know, rolling out of West LA Footy Club. And then 2019 when we opened the facility. Now, you, I'll remember you were the one, one of the first people that pioneered online training in South Australia for SNC specifically. Mm, yeah, I think so. Look, I, 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 I won't claim that, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of, um, probably at the time around 2015 was sort of, I think, you know, when you know, your Kalers of the world were, were pretty big, yeah. and I just remember sitting back and thinking like, shit, you know, he's there. This this girl's making millions of dollars and good on her. That's amazing, you know. Yeah. From a PDF, like, is where we can do it better. And yeah. but you know, I just didn't didn't have the name or the body or the <laughs> body. Are you <laughs> no, no. Oh, um, yeah. So we started doing. Uh, we sort of hit up a. This is before I knew about Team Builder and Bridge and all these bits. I don't think Team Builder was out of that. No. Stage so we we hit up a, a web developer. I sort of just came to him. You know, at the moment for a program, I sit down with a client for half an hour. They, you know, sit down and tell me, blah, blah, blah. I ask them questions. I go back, write it all on an Excel spreadsheet. Then we have to catch up and I have to show them to do it again. Like, how can we sort of condense this down a bit more? So yep. they sort of built in this web-based integrated platform that was probably a little bit clunky now when I look back at it. But, you know, it sort of played its role for a few years. And, um, you know, and then I said, well, this is sort of like a little side project for us. We've got team builders that you know pour all their resources in development and mm-hmm. making it sharp. So we just sort of transitioned over. It's a supplementary thing to Absolutely. everything else that you're doing. It's yeah. not like this is our key product and yeah. we're going to start selling our app yeah. to everyone else. This Absolutely. is just something that is necessary for me right now 100%. to try scale it. Yeah. Because you got in early when Instagram was still coming up, but Facebook was the main platform for advertising because it was honestly free at that time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Absolutely. Are we on at the moment, by the way? Are we on? Yeah, we're Oh, shit, I have no idea. Far out. There you go. I love it. Um, yeah, so, you know, essentially... I was probably a little bit late to the party, uh, you know, I was sort of, um, I, I get laughed at it being a, a, an old bloke, I'm just on Facebook primarily, I think we started our Instagram maybe two years into it, um, just because, you know, I didn't really have much of a concept and, and that sort of thing, but it, it was sort of the best way to go about it, you know, we looked at a, a number of different options for for uh, uh, promotion and, you know, bits and pieces, I found it was, and as you would know with your business, word of mouth is, is you know, number one. Uh, and then you can sort of target to an extent. I probably still wasn't really, you know, really clued up in that area as to how to shuffle the filters around to really sort of heavily target. Um, you know, since then, as we as we become a little bit more progressed, um, we've we've teed up proper sort of social media gurus that mm-hmm. will assist in that sort of area and, and talk to us about budget spend and you know how to really sort of. Um, maximize your your bank for buck in terms of clicks and that sort of thing too but it's definitely been a, learn, uh, a learning process yeah. I've always just been an S&C coach that has learned all those little bits and pieces along the way so it was was pretty raw when we first kicked off you were at West Adelaide like you said when you started Pete what got you to West Adelaide first off well to be, to be honest with you again it's, it comes back to that word of mouth so I was assisting at Woodworth Torrens for a few years prior um, and the captain there, uh, Lukey Powell, he just retired. Potentially, you know, everybody knows everybody in the footy industry. I think he maybe was contacted by somebody uh, about uh, an open position and asked if he had any names to put forward, and he put my name forward. And I guess at the time, I was still living in, you know, Parallel in Salisbury, so it was a, it was a fair hike, and I sort of went into this interview thinking, you know, 
I don't think I'm going to sort of take the role on it. You know, I'm just a, a, a young kid. There's no chance they're going to sort of take a, a chance on this this uh, young spud. And, you know, one thing led to another. I went there, met Mark Micken, and, mate, he was an absolute ripper. We really hit it off from the get-go. And, you know, next thing, the next day, he sort of reached out and said, look, would you like to take it? And I said, let's just take the plunge. So yeah. it was a bit of extra travel each day. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in saying that, it was, it's probably the best decision we've ever made. And, you know, it was, it was yeah. I didn't realise you were Northern Suburbs, boy. Yeah, mate. I, I, went, yeah, I grew up in Salisbury, so uh, I'm not going to uh, stab you if you're annoyed. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I'm, I'm a boy as well. Oh, really? I was reception to you to Hey, there we go. All of yeah. us here, Bar Jazz. Wow. Are from the Northern Suburbs. Far out. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a link there. There, <laughs> yeah, there must be so. some. But, uh, yeah, so my first job was actually Parallel Hungry Jacks. Um, yeah, you only saw uh, a couple of violent incidences in the drive through <laughs> when somebody got cut off or their order was uh, mistake, <laughs> mistaken. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, it gives you perspective anyway. And I've certainly fallen in love with uh, the western part of Adelaide uh, for sure. Absolutely, man. And then I guess from West Adelaide, when did you, I guess, start your own personal training platform or S&C platform? As yeah, so probably to take it back a couple of steps, um, when uh, I first went to Woodville and was doing some assistant work out there, um, I'd probably sent my resume out uh, a little bit too late to, you know, and we all know how much funding S&C has in, in, at a sample level in particular. <laughs> Uh, so I sort of just sent my resume out to everybody once I'd finished my master's degree and my internship with the Crows. Um, the only club that got back to me was Woodville. Uh, Timmy Reeve was uh, running his program at the time, so he was running Woodville and 36ers at the same time. And he said, mate, look, we've got no resources for you. But here's a trade-off. Would you be willing to be my assistant if uh, we let you do some personal training you know, at the facility? So you think at Woodville, you know, it was a wonderful club, but it'd be... Uh, a shoebox, probably about the size of your it's bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. I think there were pubes on the floor. You know, there's <laughs> like weights that would be older than our parents. Uh, but, you know, we sort of just jumped to the opportunity. And so it was something that, I, the private side of thing was something that I never had envisaged. Yeah. Uh, just sort of fell into it. And so I actually started out as calling myself extra degree training. I used to watch this video, you know, a little motivational video. It was like uh, water it's just hot when it's 99 degrees, but it boils 100 degrees, you know, so I was, I was an extra degree, you know, just, uh, um, it's always uh, good to look back on now. You went from those photos <laughs> to showering in, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> that will that always up. come back to haunt me. And I still remember, play. they were great, I thought this guy is a marketing genius, no. he needs to leave S&C, just go straight to marketing. Um, so when, uh, yeah, when this opportunity popped up at, at uh, West Adelaide, I thought, we, again, you know, there was certainly more remittance for uh, yeah. what we were providing, but nothing that was going to sustain you. So I thought, you know, I just want to refresh a little bit. It's a new environment. I want to maybe take things a bit, serious, a bit more seriously. It's when we launched the online platform. Um, so that's when it was rebranded. Uh, and it's not that I couldn't spell peak properly. I just sort of, it's a little acronym for personalized evidence based, applied, and qualified. I was going to ask yeah. what it does stand for. Yeah, that, absolutely. Right? There you go. I've spat that out a few times in my uh, in, uh, in my career. Uh, yeah, so that was sort of you know the when things probably started to get a bit more serious. I thought you know potentially this could be something that we we follow uh, a little bit more um, yeah seriously for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So and then from West Adelaide, what was the next step? So after so yeah you know it was. Uh, certainly by no means of you know my efforts but we were fortunate enough in the first year to be in there so the year before they finished second to last in the league and it was just sort of a you know a perfect storm of 
recruits and programs, you know, cohesion, medical staff, like lots happening. We won the league flag in 2015 in my first year. I thought, shit, this is the easiest job in the world. How good is this? <laughs> um, so literally the week after we won the flag, I got a call from a guy called Sean Seagott, who ran the Darren Lehman Cricket Academy. Uh, and their SNC coach, he was sort of a mixture, he was an SNC and physio, uh, Andrew Lepus. He'd just been recruited over to work in the IPL um, over in India. So uh, he said, look, we've got an opening. I was talking to somebody who's putting your name forward. We want to sort of bring a bit of a football mentality to sort of connect. Uh, are you interested? I was like, mate, let's, let's give it a crack. So essentially, Darren Lehman Cricket Academy was primarily for six months of the year. So we'd have guys come down from, you know, sort of October through to potentially March. They'd come from India, um, Canada, UK, uh, all over the world. And you had a few stints in India yourself, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. There were some some really good opportunities there in sort of those times where we weren't coaching. So in the six months that we weren't coaching face-to-face, we went and did some tours. But essentially these guys were sort of, um, certainly to start off with too, we had some links with the ECB, so some pretty good organisations over there that um, would send their players over and essentially sort of like a make or break situation. So they get spread, you know, throughout the grade clubs and they train full time in Adelaide, sort of, you know, from pretty much eight to three every day. That's a mixture of, you know, net sessions and S&C work and, you know, skills and leadership and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that was, you know, a great experience and, and led me to to build connections with a, a number of athletes all over the world, which is fantastic. Guys that came through the program, like Joe Root, who's the captain of, of yep. uh, England at the moment. We've got Don Best, who's playing test cricket for the UK, Monty Panasar. So um, a, a lot of guys that are playing top-grade cricket for some of the sort of lesser-known nations as well. So Shane Shane Snader, who's you know playing for the Netherlands and things like that too. And I think there's a good learning lesson, especially to coaches early on yeah you can't, it's hard to go for those big sports because unless yeah. you're a big name you're probably not going to get taken up you have to go for the up-and-coming sports and let's face it cricket with the big bash there's a lot more funding for programs mm. such as the darren lehman academy and there's a lot more kids that want to make it because there's a good paycheck for them at the end of the day if they make a career out of it absolutely absolutely and you know i, I think snc in that sport is developing so much it used to you know it was a sport where blokes like booney used to you know that were the that were the uh uh peak specimens for performance so yeah. obviously you know now with much more formats of the game guys are playing much more cricket so they need to be more sort of uh, you know versatile and, and durable uh, but also when you look at the nature of those opportunities, the, the IPL, for example, the Big yeah. Bash, it's short, sharp, you know, those singles and doubles count. So, like, your ability to run between wickets is really yeah. important. Your ability to field is really important. Massive. So, guys are starting to understand that a lot more and, and value, you know, what we provide a lot more as well. So, yeah. um, you know, it's still a pretty old school mentality when you do go to some of these you know, third world countries. So, been to India multiple times. So, been to Bangalore, um, Delhi, Kolkata, Mumbai, uh, and because of the volume of athletes they've got over there, they're just so expendable. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. If one gets injured, yeah, later, there's one. no injury prevention program yeah. that's called, called nah. you didn't make it, sorry, next you, person. You bowl for eight hours a day, and you know we work, we're working with guys who had played for India, you know, played a few one-dayers, and had a little hip flexor injury yeah. in, in, Oz, in Australia. You rehab that and you get back into it. They they got dropped and it's like catch you later. Have yeah. been absolutely you know uh, forgotten about. So they were sort of trying to work their way back in from that point of view. A lot of stuff we did was 
with state level programs over there and trying to sort of bring a, a bit more of a, a Western culture yeah. to their training. You know, it's funny, like we'd, we'd have a structured day, so it'd be, we work with men's and women's programs, so generally sort of, you know, it would look something along the lines of you do two, two, two and a half hours in the morning, yeah. where, you know, the men's might be doing some on field or, or, you know, in the net sessions and there's some S&C happening, you know, two and a half hours is still a long S&C program, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but relatively compared to what they were doing is was much shorter. And then we'd have lunch break all together and swap over in the Arvo. And, you know, yeah, you know, that's still a, a, a reasonable sort of day for, for a training program. They would get to three o'clock and we'd be wrapped up yeah. and they'd go, okay, what's next? Go home, yeah. recover, rest. You know, do something. Yeah. You know, go do some mobility. Go jump in the water. You it's know, foreign it's, to them. Yeah, they, yeah, they were sort of chomping the bit. They were staying back to do, yeah. you know, extras like let's let's maybe up the intent of what we're doing in session, and just reduce that volume. But they they're just you know so ingrained and just like hours and hours of of mindless training. Unfortunately, you could argue that if they change that mentality and start to I guess value their talent a little bit more, yeah, not just churn through any player that gets injured that could become very dominant on the world stage. Well, you look at how many people are participating in cricket, for example, in India, you look at yep. their their population and, you know, essentially, comparatively, you look at how small our population is here mm-hmm. and a lot of our athletes get drawn out to different sports. You know, we've got basketball, netball, football, cricket, you know, like there's, there's a multitude of sports we're involved in. Yeah. Really in India, they've got cricket, soccer and hockey, yep. you know, like at most. Where India, where sort of where uh, cricket is so dominant, you know, so they should be so far ahead of any other yeah. any other country. Like there should be daylight between them and second place. But yeah. you know, it's because of those systems and structures and and sort of cultures and um, all those little bits and pieces that have probably held them back a little bit. And that's why we, you know, punch so far out of our weight division We've as well. Absolutely, of course. So you know, great experiences there too, and and certainly gives you an appreciation of what we have back at home as well. Absolutely. For sure. So I guess the Darren Lehman Academy is still involved in that. What were the next steps towards, I guess, location number one for Pete? Yeah, so uh, look, I've actually sort of moved away from that a little bit more now. It's, it's, it's become a really strong breeding ground, uh, uh, you know, fortunately for the people who've been involved in yep. the academy, unfortunately for the academy itself because there's been a bit, a bit of a turnover in S&C coaches. So yep. I sort of passed that opportunity on to Josh Emanuel, mm-hmm. who then picked up a job with the Crows. Yep. He passed it on to Matt Evans, who went on to Tennis Australia. He passed it on to... Uh, I can't even think now. Maybe James Wiseman, for example, who's yeah. gone off to North Melbourne. So it's just been sort it's of this. A great know, it's, it's been a revolving door, you know. Um, uh, so in terms, of, yeah, the the next steps. So I sort of um, outside of that went on to do some stuff with Port Adelaide Development. Mm-hmm. Um, so got an email from Ian, Ian McCallan one day and said we're looking to sort of fill this role here, which was mainly sort of involved in their father son academy, next generation academy, and top up players yeah. for an extent of time. Um, you know, that was another awesome experience to sort of be sharing offices with, with those sorts of guys and sitting in on these AFL meetings and, and you know, listening to their methodologies and, and, yep. uh, and continuing to, to develop myself. Um, I sort of got to the end of 2018 and, and I felt like I was, I was hungry to continue to progress. Uh, you know, obviously soft capped issues and, and, and from, a, from an organisational perspective for Port Adelaide, you know, there wasn't any movement, which is fantastic for them. I was sort of getting itchy to, to want to progress and do something more and, yeah. and maybe try to get that full-time role. It sort of felt like, you know, over that seven or eight years that I'd done a, a reasonable sort of internship myself to, yeah. to sort of get to that point. 
um, and started looking, you know, elsewhere, you know, interstate and overseas for, for different opportunities. And just literally anything that came up on Aska or, you know, uh, sportspeople.com, I literally just chucked my hat in the ring for everything. So, so for these eight years, majority of what you did was pretty much volunteer work? Uh, or it was part-time. Part-time, you know, it was, yeah. was probably the biggest thing that I found. You know, I was starting to think about family, um, you know, around that time was when me and my now wife were looking to get married and things yeah. like that. I was thinking... She, you know, I want to try to provide a bit of a uh, an income for for her and yeah. you know potential you know kids and that sort of stuff too. Um, and just felt like I was sort of hitting a brick wall in SA a little bit and probably got to a you know a stage of probably some frustration in my career at that mm-hmm. time. And admittedly, you know, I, I threw a couple of um, contacts that had been built from travel to India and bits and pieces. Came across a role actually. And now we look at it with hindsight; it's very funny. It was in China, so I, I remember went through, this one as well. Yeah, so I went through this this process and and uh, you know had some Zoom interviews and uh, you know this awesome opportunity came up to go and work in Beijing with um, you know their uh, Olympic program for basketball. And I thought you know I've made it. This is it. So the job offer came through, and uh, I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this. I remember. You know, uh, sitting down with Jamie and saying, "Look, I've got the job," and she just burst out in tears. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, like, how is it going to navigate this one?" So you know, we had lots of meetings. I said, "Look, can you give me a bit of time to sort of navigate things at home, figure out what's going on?" This offer came in. I reckon it would have been early or late October, uh, and we were due to be getting married in February 2019. We sat down with the family. You know, there's lots of, of things we put on the table. Do I go over and then come back to get married and we both go back over together? Like all these little bits and pieces how to figure out, you know, what's Jamie going to go do over in a non-English speaking country? Probably like if we're realistic in a system where I'm going to be working like a dog to be honest with you. But, you know, it's exciting. It's my first full-time opportunity. You're living for not much expense because they put you up in accommodation, blah, blah, blah. There was a big push to get Western coaches over. I sort of reached out to a few other contacts that had developed in the, in the industry, you know, about their experiences. I was lucky enough that one of our West Adelaide physios had gone over to work in China as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he'd had a good experience, but but put me onto a few guys who potentially hadn't had wonderful experiences over there. So, you know, potential clashes between head coaches and SNCs. Again, going through... As you soon know, as you're in a system, you have to have that. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, you know, potentially... You know, navigating the cultural, you know, uh, barriers as well. So I heard some horror stories of, you know, in a soccer situation where the head coach was really ingrained in his ways, didn't like the Western S&C coach and some of his methodologies. So I did things would say, you know, we've got practice on Tuesday morning, 8.30, see you there. So the S&C coach rocked up at 7.30 and they're already halfway through their session. He said, like, what's going on? And the coach said, we start at 6 a.m., you're fired, you know, you know, like you're late, you know, things like that. So, wow. or, or you know, potentially not being paid the money that was offered to them. So I heard this mixed bag of lollies and thought, you know, we're putting so much on the line here. Is it worth, you know, uh, this big shift? Yeah. So it came down to the end of the day. He said, "Look, all right, are we going to move and you know put our eggs in this basket and go for it, or do we maybe potentially?" stay here in Adelaide and, and take the private side of things a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. So we sort of closed our eyes and, and, and took the big leap into into owning a private facility. So we started looking around and and I guess we're very realistic in the fact that we need to move fast because you know timing is vital in this industry and thought mm-hmm. we were sitting in October, you know, January, you've got New Year's resolutions, you've got 
pre-seasons, all these bits and pieces. If we yeah. open up any later than that, potentially we miss a big window of opportunity to get yeah. people on board. So I was like, let's go do it. So we decided to open up and that's how Peak came along essentially. So we sort of turned down this offer to move overseas and now you couldn't think of anything worse than being locked in. I was about to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I think dear, dear thinking, but, uh, <laughs> how would you actually feel being in China? Who knows, oh, man? I might, not be, I might have gone missing. Exactly. <laughs> International relations haven't been particularly, you know, Absolutely. rosy at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And Maybe you know, you this was a good, good reason. Yeah, geez. You so could be some, thanking Jamie big time. <laughs> <laughs> put some good energies out into the world. And, and yeah, so, uh, so very, very grateful that we decided to to, uh, to stay in Adelaide and, and sort of make that happen for sure. I think the first year is most hectic when you open up a facility. How was it for you? I think, uh, so for for those listening, we uh, we had a chat with Mickey uh, last weekend. I'll retell this story again to him, but uh, the day that I realised I was in business and not just an S&C coach is, you know, it was the first weekend of our opening and uh, we just obviously transitioned a lot of the one-on-one stuff or, you know, small group and, and team stuff that I was doing into our own facility, which is really exciting. It was a Saturday and I had all these sessions lined up from, you know, 6 a.m. to maybe 1 p.m. And I thought, you know, this is the dream. Here we are. You know, I'm, uh, I'm living it. I'm full-time now. Here we go. And we had a, a netball club come through at 8 o'clock. So I might have been in the second or third session in. And everything went to plan. It was all perfectly, you know, structured and blah, blah, blah. We get to the cool down and we're sitting down sort of, you know, debriefing. And the coach goes to me, where's Emily? And I was like, uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't care at the moment. In my head, I was thinking that. Didn't say that to the coach at the time. Anyway, she comes back a few minutes later and, and says, oh, I found Emily. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, where was she? She's in the bathroom. You want to go check it out. So I went in there and she's vomited all over the floor. You know, did a little conditioning set at the end. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, she's missed the toilet completely. And that was the, the realisation that I've got no cleaning products at all. So I'm on my hands and knees with like, toilet paper and a fan you know trying to scrub this spew off the floor I've got you know clients lining up outside and I'm thinking oh god like what have I done what have I got myself into so you realise very quickly that it's uh, yeah it's much deeper than just coaching once you own a business there's lots of little things that you Reality don't think about hits, yeah. doesn't it? yeah absolutely because if anybody looks at your life I guess just for Instagram it's hectic you're <laughs> in about 10 places at once so I'm sure that you have a Twitter somewhere how do you manage all that uh, I think I've just become a lot better at logistics, and you know it certainly always hasn't hasn't always been smooth. You know, certainly in the early days, there's been plenty of times sort of accidentally double booked myself, or, or you know, maybe pushed it a little bit too hard and didn't give myself enough time to transition between places and and things like that as well. I think when you first start, particularly, you're just really eager to get the name out there as much as possible and say yes to absolutely everything. You know, certainly now as time has gone by and. As our reputation has grown, we've been able to be a little bit more, um, you know, whether it's structured or uh, particular about when and, and where we say yes to sessions, and also building that team around you as well. So that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, how do you go about? How did you go about delegating, especially early on, trusting people yeah. outside of, I guess, family or friends to be like, all right, you're a new coach. How do you feel delegating? Yeah, I found it hard, absolutely, and we didn't again always get that right to start off with. I think you know. And we're very, very grateful for those coaches that we started with, but potentially, so we had guys that you know lived either a fair distance away. So logistically, whether things changed at last minute or you know whether you know they they woke up and they were feeling crook and they couldn't make it down, all of a sudden you're sort of you're, you're juggling a number of things by yourself. I, I really, really struggled to let go of that control, but probably one of the, the most effective things that we uh, or methods that we found is sort of internally. 
um, you know, uh, recruiting coaches. So whether that is through internships or through work experience or potentially, you know, even you would have guys here that come to be a member of the gym who are doing their sports science and they want to be somewhere purposeful. And think, you know, this kid's got some some uh, promise. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got a bit of a future ahead of him. So potentially, you know, that's another recruiting process too. So internal recruiting, I've found, is, is really beneficial because it's hard to gauge, you know, from an from a interview, somebody's work ethic, you know, that word of mouth has never seemed to die in this industry, no matter no. how much marketing has become important. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah you, there's, there's so many things that you just can't quite gauge from that initial, you know, uh, interview. Um, you don't know how um, genuine a person is being. Yeah, you, you can get a feel a feel for it, but until you see that, you know, yeah, until how, you hang around with them for a few months at least, you don't know exactly. I guess who you bring into the team or like what friends you're making, but I absolutely, think. there's definitely a difference between somebody sitting here and saying, "Mickey, you know what? I work hard," yeah, and then getting out there and seeing you know, how many how many sessions do they rock up for, like yeah. how how early are they, how prepared are they, you know, are they staying back and doing extras and all those bits and pieces too. That can't be shown unless you're out there actually sort of observing that and, and in the trenches. So um, I think that's been yeah one of the the, the most valuable tools for for us as well. So. Yeah. Um, have you seen the same as well? Have you, have you sort of done something similar? There's only one person we've hired through an interview that's stuck on, and that's well, actually two people. Victor, oh that yes, was when we first yeah. started, yeah, He's absolutely, been here since day one, yeah, great. And then Adam was the only other person for sure. Jazz and Reese came here on their own back and just said, "Well, we want to do placement hours for free." Yeah, they well, reached out perfect. to us, and yeah. eventually members didn't want to see them, let them go. Yeah, Shane's the same thing, Dan's the same thing. Perfect. Everyone that we've had here literally started off here and then people just wanted to stay on yeah and I did I love one of the posts you put up uh, look a little bit a few months back now but uh, there's nothing better and I feel exactly the same way when somebody comes to AAC or Peak and goes you know I'm here to see Victor for example and then uh, and then like you're, you're sort of showing them through and they're like well, who the hell are you Mickey like, yeah. they don't have any idea who you are exactly you know AAC has become a place more about a really good strong group of coaches as opposed to just you yourself and that's a challenge to do to start off with, you know? That's 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 really hard. Everyone wants to come and see the main person in the building. Yes, yeah. But when it becomes bigger than that one individual, it's amazing, isn't it? Yes. Because you get to recruit so many more yes. coaches that are probably better than us, let's face it. Absolutely. Your and team makes, has grown massively. For sure. And it only makes you more diverse and probably challenges you as well to sort of, mm-hmm. you know, continue to learn from some of these kids coming through. Like, you know, there's, there's guys that I look at now that I think we're a decade ahead of anywhere, you know, close to where I was yeah. when I was there same age as well so and look hopefully uh, I don't want to pump our ties up too much but hopefully we've played a part in providing those opportunities for those you know kids coming through too and, and make it a much more viable option the way that I look at it is if we can provide a pathway for them to have a career for the rest of their life fantastic yeah. but if it's a pathway for them to then go into pro sport or semi-professional sport yeah. by having that private coaching experience I think honestly that's going to be the new way because mm-hmm. they're eventually going to have to make a living somehow and gone well they still exist but gone are the days I reckon in the future where you're doing an unpaid internship and then also working at a nightclub Saturday and Sunday mm. to make ends meet I reckon you're going to have to be in the industry somehow probably in the private sector whilst doing that those hours at a yeah. professional club semi-professional club to then score that role in pro sport mm. and take yourself interstate internationally whatever it may be I think uh, I'm, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this as well we had Burjo in for Darren Burgess in for uh, a bit of PD with our staff uh, about a week or so ago when it, like it really puts it in perspective I'm, I'm sure you're the same I feel like I always put time pressure on myself like you know shit I should be so much further ahead than where I am you know so and so is doing this and blah 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 
Um, you know, Burjo sat there and told us that he got his first full-time gig when he was 30 years old. And up until that point, he was working for, like, Hungry Harold, the pizza company or something along those lines. It's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, you're looking at who, you know, from my generation, we consider the GOAT from, you know, certainly a, a conditioning prescription perspective and from, you know, a, a, probably a, a career pathway perspective. But there's so many little lumps and bumps along the way. You see, you always just see that end result. You yeah. see him working at Arsenal, you see him... You know, on the news being interviewed as the as the uh, the greatest S and C coach, you know, con- conditioning prescription coach of, of all time from an Australian perspective. Yeah. But you know, all the 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 grind to get there. You know, as, no one does <laughs> his career before thirty. Years dressing old. up as a giraffe, you know, and standing on the side of the road wobbling a pizza board. You know, I've never um, met the man, but he needs to update his profile picture or link. Oh, does he? Yeah, I'm, got, I'm not too sure. <laughs> what is it? It's not a giraffe, is it? To quote Adam, I'm sure that we're going to have a lot of funny conversation with this. Oh, no. He looks like he's a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> Picture. He just needs to yeah, shave right. and get okay. a haircut and he'll be fine. I'll let him know next time. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how much he uses LinkedIn anymore. I think oh. uh, you know, probably he's done enough now in the industry just to uh, to probably be offered roles. But, uh, but yeah, I'll go check it out now. I'm intrigued. You might have to post that in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, what's the next step for Sean Baker or Peak? Is it separate or is it together? Uh, you know, I keep flip-flopping, to be honest with you, and I'm completely open about this. I sort of, I'm a bit, uh, yeah, bipolar when it comes to, to where I sort of want, I want to go with it all. I sort of, admittedly, I've, I've got this little fire in the belly that I still do want to have some involvement in pro sport. So at the moment, I guess what is scratching that itch is working with um, the men's and women's lacrosse teams for mm-hmm. Australia. Um, you know, we do little bits and pieces here and there, so I, and I'm assisting Richo out of the 36s as well. Yeah. Um, admittedly, my involvement in that in the last probably month has really deteriorated only because of the COVID situation, so they're mitigating risk and they're on really a skeleton staff and a skeleton playing list, so to an extent, you know, the development players you know, aren't even really allowed at training anymore. Um, they're just trying to do whatever it takes to keep pushing that season ahead. So there's that part of me, you know, that just, you know, probably, and look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think we said it last time we chatted too, you know, probably from an ego perspective, I know financially <laughs> that really provides very, very little compared to, you know, other things that we're doing in, in our life as well. Yeah. Um, from a, you know, private point of view, uh, we've got some expansion happening at peak in the next sort of six to 12 months. We're just finalizing the subtle details of pricing and, and all those little bits and pieces too. Um, but... Uh, you know, at the moment, our goal for that is just to really facilitate one really strong um, location, as opposed to branch out to multiple locations. Still have that you know opportunity to come and, and walk onto the gym floor and communicate with our athletes and members and say good day and, and and all those bits and pieces too. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's it's you know, do I keep trying to chase and grow peak, or do we sort of you know keep that ticking along and really provide a, a really strong, valuable service while I maybe chase a dream of pro sport. I flip-fly back and forth almost yeah. daily, to be honest, at the moment. Uh, you know, the lacrosse stuff is probably feeling a little bit more exciting at the moment because we've got the World Games coming up in July. So we're travelling to America for a little while. And, you know, depending on how long we stick around, um, get, uh, or when I say stick around, I mean how long they'll keep me for. You know, there's potential for the Olympics in 2028 as well, which, you know, is exciting too. Um, always keeping my eyes open for little bits and pieces on, uh, along uh, the pro sport line, but also, you know, in the back of my head, I think as well, you know, quality of life. I think what, what you and me are living at the moment yeah. is much higher quality to, to what a lot of staff are going through in that high yeah. performance environment too. They're working, you know, stupid hours, 
they're working themselves to the bone for for you know probably seventy five percent of the pay that would usually be available because of yep. the impact that no crowds and you know sponsorships and all those bits and pieces uh, have had on on uh, on sport because of COVID. So uh, so yeah, I'm a bit bipolar to be honest with you. So sorry, that's not a really straight answer, but it could it, it varies from day to day. It's an honest answer. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely. an honest answer where For you're sure. like, you still have that. Everyone still has that dream yeah. up in this industry, but then again. You could take that privately as well. Like, how how big can you grow privately? Yeah. I think that's an untapped market where SNC hasn't been truly discovered in Australia mm. yet. But the first one to do it, then so be it. There'll probably be more. And credit to you because let's face it, majority of gyms right now they're struggling with COVID. Mm. Where you're thinking of expanding? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a scary. It's definitely a scary proposition. But I, I think you know it's probably indicative of potentially the populations that you and me work with as well, you know, and, and it's absolutely nothing against, uh, you know, any group training gyms or, you know, whatever that might be. But, gyms but I think, you know, at the what we provide and potentially the niche that we have, I would say, you know, 85% of the people that are involved in our facilities, if they're involved in some sort of, you know, weekend warrior sport or, you know, they're at least training towards some sort of goal, yeah. they potentially are more willing to, you know, stick it out in, in some of the tougher times or uh, push through some uncertainty and, and, you know, potentially value training and, and getting stuck into, you know, training at a facility uh, during times, you know, when they might be worried about COVID being around the place and those sorts of things yeah. and prioritising that as opposed to saying, you know, I can afford to just, you know, sit at home or I'm just going to go for walks now instead of, yeah. because that won't achieve the outcome that we're trying to achieve, you know, from they their They need to be prepared to their, go back to sport pretty quickly. Exactly, you know, they're going to probably be uh, prepared to be sweating, spitting and bleeding on each other out mm-hmm. on the field somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, training in an environment where there's other people around the place and, you know, equipment's being, you know, uh, sanitised to, yeah. to, to the bones. Yeah. That's probably not as, as daunting for them as well. So, you know, um, feel very grateful for, for the, uh, the community that's, yeah. that's got around us, for sure. It's been good. And I'm sure you've seen the same thing here as well. Yeah. yeah. Like the people that we have here, it's amazing that as soon as they get given the green light, it's go time. Yeah. Let's go back to training. There's no waiting around yeah. because some seasons are about a month or two away from starting. Yeah. They don't have time to be waiting around. So as soon as they get the green light, they're still doing workouts at home. They're still preparing in one way, shape or another. Yeah. they got goals that they want to achieve. Absolutely. Uh, one of our clients, she's running an ultra marathon in the next couple of months. Yeah, that's not gonna. That date's not gonna change. No. The, so she needs to be prepared for, it and she's still gonna be training one way or another. If she has to be in isolation or not, she's still gonna be there. I'm sure the same for every other team sport that's coming mm. through. They still have to be prepared. Off the script, here, big boy. What What are your goals? What are your goals heading forward? Unlike, I think I'm pretty set in the private sector. Yeah. It's how do we expand? Mm. Absolutely. How do we get more coaches on board? How do we get other services on board? How big can we grow, S- like private S and C, not only in South Australia, but there's a reason why it's called Australian yeah. Athletic Centre. I don't want to yeah. stay in SA forever. Absolutely. Not me personally, for sure. I don't know. Maybe I'll stay here. Maybe I'll go into state. But I do have bigger ambitions than just having one. Yeah, I want to see multiple. If that's physical locations, or if that's mm. a bigger online presence, mm. how that's going to happen, when that's going to happen, that's to be determined. Yeah, of course. That's the unknown. Of part. course. No, I love it. That's but great. To stay stagnant, that's probably the thing that scares me the most. Yeah, for sure. Do you have you sort of thought about you know how that might look in in terms of uh, quality control? You know, spreading yourself out from from that point of view. And, that's and, the know, biggest concern yeah, right now. Yeah. It, I, 
you know what's the beauty of having those internships and having uh, so many clients come through that are starting XR mm-hmm. Science? We're pretty much looking at future candidates. Who's going to work for yeah. us then? Or who do we want to pick up? Because there are some weapons coming out. Yeah. And having them in-house already tells us what they're like as a coach, but also as a person. And then who's the most eager? Mm. And we see that fire in them that it's not just they're in it for the money. They're in it because there's no other way of life for them. Yeah. That's the best way of quality control at the moment. It doesn't need me. Mm. And I think that's the biggest credit to the team that we have around us. Right. It's just how do we spread? If we do, let's say, go for a second location, how do we spread out that team to make it work just as well as we currently are, if not better? Yeah, brilliant. But it's going to happen at some point where we're going to attempt something like that. When that is, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Hey, at the absolutely. Moment. <laughs> well, I look forward to following the journey, my man. And just don't forget about us people on the oh, way on. Whatever. <laughs> I think we're going to take over South Australia. And <laughs> that would be Australia the goal. Together. Maybe. I love it. That's great. That's great. Brother, any final words you have for everyone? Uh, no, I think you know, just uh, continue to keep supporting your, your local community uh, S&C facilities. Uh, I think that what guys like you can provide to, to the community, to athletes, to you know, even people that are not athletes, um, yeah, is, is so much more and, and so much meaningful, so much more purposeful than potentially you know, a lot of what's provided out yeah. there you know, in, in the market as well for any S&C coaches or students coming through. Uh, something that I'm big on is never think that there's any opportunity to work with anybody that, like this below you. Yeah. Um, you know, I see a lot of instances where you know there's kids coming out or, or new coaches that say you know I work want to work with athletes only. And you know, there seems to be this stigma potentially in some circumstances. I'm not saying this and all that. Um, I don't want to work with general pop, uh, but you know, I think that from what I've seen, it's a it's a it's an awesome platform for people to refine their skills you know treat treat that middle-aged mum who's trying to come back from having three kids or you know uh who's just trying to function properly treat them like an athlete and and that can be you can play around you know what who says you can't play around with triphasic training with you know with jenny who's down the road it's just you know bit of eccentric training you know a couple of playing playing around with some isos in there and then yeah. getting her to move the bar fast you don't have to be getting her to do you know, any single leg box jumps yeah. or you know power snatches or anything along those if lines if you but, can motivate her and convince her to do anything yeah. you can motivate an athlete to do yeah. the same and, and potentially as well you know you'll find surprisingly that you can get a lot of you know uh, gratitude in those situations too because mm-hmm. with a lot of you know semi-elite athletes even for example you, you might be the 13th S&C coach that I've heard from, so, you know, it's it's a bit more sort of uh, monotonous to an, to an extent for, for them. Is like, Mickey's coming through, you know, I've worked with, you know, four other guys, you know, we're going through the process again, whereas these guys are like, you know, shit. This is the first like, coach yeah, and the only coach yeah, the same. Yeah, you know, like, Mickey's working with, you know, Port Adelaide Footy Club, and and also me, like, how good is that? And then you go tell it, mate, you know, I'm working with a guy who's also training, you know, the top-up players from the Magpies, like, that's cool, you know, they love that too, so... Always just take every opportunity you can to keep refining those skills for any of those newbies that are coming through. And potentially, you know, when demand for your services increases, that's when you become a bit more selective. But don't jump any steps, you know. No. Uh, I think probably that's the, the main thing, to be honest with you. What about you? You got any, any putting words there, Mickey? Patience. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need to make it by the time you're 21. Exactly. You should probably have a degree by the time Perfect. you're 21 and have a few hours under your belt. Yeah. And for then sure. you've got a long way to work up, but enjoy the process of it. Because yeah. it's a grind, but if you definitely love this industry, work through the grind because it's going to be a hell of a lot better by the time it hits 2030. 
it was non-existent 2010. Mm. Look where we are now. Absolutely. Give another 10 years. Oh, well, yeah. I'm it's excited. It's be good. I'm excited. And, and, you know, just, yeah, just keep trusting the process. You never know sort of where it's going to take you. I, I originally thought I was going to be a PE teacher. I only got the, the TR to get into human by myself. That sort of then led into, you know, S&C coaching. And I thought I was going to be a pro S&C coach. That then led into private side of things. So you sort of just, just trust the journey, you know. Yeah. Don't don't ever get, um, you know, disheveled if, if it's not exactly what you were planning on because, you know, I, I it think... It probably won't be. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. I think everything happens for a reason. And always critically evaluate everything you see on socials. You know, even to an extent, you know, we don't post... Bad shit happens. I didn't post the fact that I was on my hands and knees scrubbing bottom of the floor. <laughs> hey guys, how good is this? You know, like, like you know, shit happens. So yep. always critically evaluate, you know, what you see on socials because you only see you know, the, the best version. And I know that sounds very simple to to say, but you know, we're all guilty of thinking like shit, like Johnny over here, he's killing it. You know, but yeah, you know, there's lots of other things that happen day to day yep. that aren't promoted, you know, quite... <laughs> quite the ones that show the most positivity are often the ones trying to hide something. <laughs> Absolutely. Fake hype. I see a lot oh, of fake man. hype. <laughs> Welcome to Instagram and the social. Yeah, so yeah. We'd be a lot better without yeah. it, but our businesses wouldn't exist without it. Absolutely. Either. Always be wary of the person who, you know, is posting online about, you know, all the waiting lists that they've got. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, potentially at the same time, he's hitting people in their DMs like, come and train with me, brother. Well, if you've got a waiting list, why are you asking people to come yeah. train with you? <laughs> if you have a wait list, you probably need to reevaluate your services. Have I more people <laughs> or start recruiting a team, maybe? Absolutely, then... yeah, shit. So a few little takeaways there, hopefully. So you see how we go. But, uh, mate, thank you very much for having me, brother. Hopefully, Pleasure. you know, it was uh, nice for the, uh, the listeners at home to get a little insight to bits and pieces that, that happen as a... Uh, not only as S&C coaches and business owners as well uh, and you know I want people out there to also know you know uh, how collaborative this industry can be as well you know I, I love the relationship we've got with AAC I like to think that we take a pretty balanced approach to our evaluations of you know the the, the good and, and you know the, I think there are peanuts in this industry as well admittedly it's in every industry though yeah absolutely so you know we love the JTs of the world, you know, the Quest performances, obviously you guys, um, you know, so there's, there's lots of wonderful facilities out there um, too, but yeah, always always be uh, cautious. And if somebody calls themselves an S&C coach, ask for the qualifications, because <laughs> that pisses me off too. Don't be a faker. <laughs> Next time I see you is going to be in Sydney, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. We'll head over. Hopefully, uh, we try to dodge the uh, spicy cough, even though we're heading over to the, the, Evi- the Epicenter. <laughs> Absolutely. Shit. <laughs> we can't even borrow any of your coaches for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Jesus. So, we've got all of our interns staying on deck ready to go, yeah. just in case the worst <laughs> happens. We've got a contingency plan. I think we're all staying separately, you know, but uh, we'll see how we go. We're, uh, me and the wife will be baby free for that weekend as well, so... Uh, we might be able to have a couple of red wines together there, Mickey. <laughs> I think so. And we'll, uh, we'll, I think we'll solve all the world's issues while we're, uh, we're a few deep, maybe. Oh, we'll just suss out a Sydney location, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> AAC <laughs> times peak. <laughs> we'll go up against Athletes Authority, see where we go. Jesus. Oh, man. We've got uh, a good competition. I think there's space, there's space for it to grow. NT, oh. nothing up there. Nothing. Done. Tassie, mate, we've got this sorted. Gonna have to go international. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Mickey, thank you very much. Great man, I appreciate that, big fella. Pleasure, brother. Thank you.